Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is brought to you by K Jewelers. Listen up, NFL fans. K just dropped a collection of officially licensed NFL jewelry. Shop your favorite team in the True Fans Fine Jewelry Collection at k.com slash truefans. Gear up for the season and celebrate the love of the game with K. This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's about to go. Down. This is the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast. Where we talk history of the game numbers and stats. And each week we highlight a charity that's doing good. If you haven't subscribed yet, then you should. Because I'm sick to this. This the, the real deal. And you know I gotta shout out the Buffalo Bills. Turn it up to the max. Sit back and relax. This the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast. Let go. Hey, what is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome into this episode of the Buffalo Nerd. Your home for Buffalo Bills football with a charity on top. Brought to you by Minute Media and Fansided. This is going to be the week eight phase report as we're sitting here on another day after Victory Monday. It's Victory Tuesday uh, as we did not necessarily squish the fish. But as you may have looked around the league this weekend, a win is a win. I'm pretty sure the Cincinnati Bengals would have rather had a win against the New York Jets. Um, so you got to look at this as a win is a win. Was it pretty? No. The first half looked terrible? Absolutely. But what we did find out in this game is that this team is good still. Um, we're resilient. We can end up making the changes necessary in the second half to win games that we should win, especially when you're at home and especially when your defense is playing lights out. But all in all, it wasn't pretty, but we'll take it. I mean, it's another W. We're moving up the ranks. A lot of other teams came out of this weekend banged up. Derrick Henry goes down. You know, the Browns lost another game. The Chiefs looked not good last night in, in the Monday night football game against the New York Giants. You also saw New England just take down the Chargers this weekend. So the AFC is going crazy right now. So it's a primo opportunity to just make sure you're stacking wins against the teams that you should beat. Now, of course, it was a division game. That brought a little bit of the probably extra in the beginning where they were kind of just playing different defense than the Bills were probably anticipating, and it just threw them off for a little bit. But this offense did look like it struggled uh, at moments during this game, especially in the first half there for sure, and they just couldn't seem to find their rhythm uh, you know, at different points in the game. Now, granted, uh, the very first series of Josh doesn't kind of skyrocket that little rollout on third down over digs. That's probably a 30, 40-yard play, and we might go down and score on the very first drive. So you never really know. But all in all, it's a W. You have to be happy with a win, especially in the division, in the conference. It all adds up when it comes down to it. Now, if you go back and look at this game, offensively, it wasn't great. I mean, we still outproduced them, you know, in total yards, passing, rushing. I think we still had them in rushing. Yeah, we, but 5.3 yards per play. I mean, that's that's pretty low from what we've been seeing. Um, so that that's tough. But this is a... Good secondary. I mean, Xavier Hyward and Byron Jones are good football players. Um, they have a good back end there in Miami, and they covered pretty well in the beginning of that game until we finally found our way. What was making it a problem again this week was 
that offensive line really struggled again. Uh, Spencer Brown being out, I'm not sure that that was the the piece to the puzzle necessarily, but the offensive line didn't really, they were getting manhandled early in that first half. And that's why we saw the kind of struggles on offense. Josh was moving around a lot more, more than we thought he would need to. Second half, you saw the game plan change and we kind of dialed things back. Pass protection started looking a little bit better and Josh had more time to things make, make things happen. But the game ball for the offense is 100% has to go to Cole Beasley. Um, when a play needed to be made, even though you knew they, it was time to go to him, he was making the plays, he was balling out, he had a phenomenal game, and he single-handedly kind of like got the offense going in the second half. Now, granted, there's a lot of you know Josh throwing the ball and other wide receivers running routes, but Beasley straight up was making the plays necessary to carry this offense when needed. And we saw this offense kind of get to that point, you know, late in the third quarter, early fourth quarter, where you kind of saw it was ticking, you know, everything was kind of clicking. We got the couple late touchdown drives that kind of closed things out. So you saw we finally figured it out. Fortunately enough, I mean, you know, Miami wasn't scoring, so it didn't become an issue that it was taking us so long to figure out what was going on. Uh, the running backs, uh, poor game, um, but I, I just I can't really see it blaming them. I thought Zach Moss had a nice second half. He produced out of the backfield, um, you know, catching the football. Um, but basically, to me, it felt like the offensive line was right there every time we tried running. Um, you know, I felt like there was four or five different occasions where we would immediately get the ball and run, and Moss or Singletary would be right in the backside of some of one of our O line guys before they even knew it. So uh, it was tough sledding. We got pushed around on the offensive front. So. It's going to be interesting to see what takes place with that. Um, I don't think Jacksonville is as formidable up front as Miami is, uh, especially on the back end. So that should change the dynamic. But with Spencer Brown still hurt and now Feliciano going to be out for a little while, uh, we'll see what this offensive line is going to look like. But to me, that's one of those things that you like every year. It'd be great if we could just get these guys three, four, five, six games in a row together and let them start gelling. And we haven't had that opportunity. And realistically, um, I would like to see us go back to that line that we went out against Kansas City with because we looked aggressive, we looked fast, and um, we looked real energetic with that line with Dawkins, Botker, you know, Morris at center. We had Williams inside and Brown outside. So if Brown's back this week, I would anticipate that would be the lineup, and I'm, I would like to see that move forward for like a few weeks if that can be you know kind of cohesive and make it work because I think that youth brings you know some of the there's not as much knowledge necessarily and they might give up some plays and things like that but the energy and just the the youthfulness of it I think it kind of feeds through that whole line and you kind of saw it in that Kansas City game and I don't think we've seen it since because that line hasn't been together but all in all the offense did enough um, and they needed they did it when we needed to do it Josh you know made some so-so plays uh, you know he's you know, and he's had a couple times where I thought he was, he just held on to it a little too long, looking deep to try to make that big play when we should just be taking that dump down stuff. But in a game like this, we had no sacks, which is, you know, a positive. And we, had, you know, we didn't really turn the ball over in this game. So that was also a positive. So I think that realistically, for the way the game was going, kind of sluggish and gross and kind of just a mistake around the corner could turn everything. We didn't make that mistake. Defensively, I mean, What's not to say? I mean, they they continue to just dominate teams. Uh, Ed Oliver, I mean, I, I don't even need to say it. I think every human being that watched the game saw him in the backfield all the time. Uh, he had a dominant performance, had a sack taken back for an offsides, uh, you know, by Addison. Um, but realistically, Ed Oliver had a phenomenal game. 
the defensive front, realistically, um, they didn't get a lot of sacks, but they were there. Addison was there on a lot of pressure. Jerry was there. The rotating the guys through, you could really see, was starting to overwhelm the Miami Dolphins' offensive line by the second half, and that's kind of what changed things. And when you have this back end, I mean, Hyde and Poyer, again, just dominant performances. Trey White, a dominant performance, again, just knocking the ball away on a, you know, a few pass breakups. He had a great game. And then you look at Levi Wallace and, you know, he had that first game, that first catch he gave up, I mean, on the very first series that Miami had the ball, which that's great coverage. I mean, realistically, if he's a little bit taller and Devontae Parker's not as big and long, maybe that's not completed, but that was more of a great catch than, you know, bad coverage. So he gave up a couple, but all in all, I think he gave up three completions the whole game. So, I mean, you, Levi Wallace also had a good football game here. The other guy that kind of was under the radar, I think, a little bit was Tron Johnson. I thought had a real good game. He was everywhere as he covered all sorts of different people. Um, you know, he had a real good game um, making plays in the backfield. A couple of times we had him lined up in the, you know, kind of that more of a linebacker position. And he was in the backfield making plays and, you know, had a real good game across the board. Gasecki was pretty quiet in this game and he was part of the reason of that. Uh, the other piece, Milano, Edmonds. Another nice performance. Uh, Edmonds, couple little misses here and there. I mean, you're going to have that in the NFL. This is this is the NFL. The eyes are getting paid on the other side too. So, but Milano looked good. I had mentioned last week that I felt like uh, he didn't look that great. You know, it wasn't like his best game, and I think it was maybe he just wasn't 100. percent And this week, he looked like he was kind of back, and uh, he looked like he was flying around out there. Um, you know that that hit on the screen pass out of the backfield. Uh, just phenomenal. And they were, that was in motion too. So he was running behind that and he sniffed that out and came juting across and made that play. So very good game for him as well. The entire defense was just all in all spot on. I mean, uh, and they held, they held up on a couple really long kind of methodical drives that the Dolphins put together. I mean, a lot of penalties again, um, you know, nine penalties in this game. They, you know, kind of given up, uh, they gave up big third downs early in this game and then shut them down. I think they finished four and 14 on the game and they completed like their first three out of the gate. So defensively, another phenomenal performance. I mean, if this defense can continue this moving forward, which it should, I mean, it's going to be looking at a rookie quarterback this week. Um, now with the Jets, um, you know, we don't, we're not sure for what's going to happen. I mean, I doubt they're going to bench this kid that just got him a win. Um, just because Joe Flacco's in town, but it looks like we might be seeing a rookie that week as well, potentially. Um, and that's going to be an interesting matchup for this defense moving forward before we actually get back to the kind of Carson Wentz, Tom Brady, and now New Orleans. Um, we're we're going to be looking at you know maybe a different quarterback down there too. It's going to be a little bit different without Jameis. So this is a, a nice little stretch for this defense coming up to kind of really continue to dominate. I think it was four point three yard, four point one yards per play for Miami yesterday. So another strong performance, 11 points. I mean, that's an, another phenomenal game. When you're keeping teams below 20, I think you're winning. When you're keeping them below 15, you're probably absolutely winning. And keeping them under 12, I don't, I don't think you're going to lose many games with this offense. So two really good phases, the special teams in this one. I mean, Bassomatic, whatever, whatever, whatever you're calling this kid now. I mean, he just steps out there, takes like two steps and crushes a 57 yard field goal. So just a phenomenal start to this career for this kid. I mean, he just continues to prove that he was a great investment. I mean, you don't typically draft kickers. I mean, it's not something that you see happen all the time, but this was a phenomenal investment, especially for a late round pick. He's proving to be incredibly crucial. He's clutch so far. 
I mean, he's leading the league, I think, for a little while in points scored. I mean, he's just he's having a great season. Everything that's asked of him, he's doing it. And he's absolutely getting a game ball from this past week, which I mean, hopefully that got mentioned because you didn't really hear much about it. But I mean, that's a big kick. Fifty seven yards. The other side of it, the punter, uh, I just we gave up what we did. Uh, I think it was four punts in this game, and that's that's four too many um, because he's proving to scare us every single time that we ask him to punt. Um, this time, not a block, but I mean, you might as well block it when it only goes nineteen yards. So just it feels like he's still kind of the potential Achilles heel at any given point of this. Now his holding game is working great because Bass is automatic right now, but. Yeah, we just zero punts a game should be the new absolute goal because every time that we let him touch the ball, it feels like it's dangerous. So let's let's hope that that doesn't happen too much. And, uh, you know, I, I love Isaiah McKenzie and I love what he can bring, but I feel like we haven't seen enough from the return game. Another muff this week. Um, you know, I just it, is there just nobody truly else that we want to try at this? Or like, I'm just, I'm having a little bit of a hard time feeling like we're not really getting much from the return game right now. Um, So I don't know it's necessarily just him. I mean, it feels like there's been opportunities for even bigger gains, you know, and uh, he's not necessarily just hitting those holes and using that speed to just run for 20 yards straight. If that's what's going to happen, do that Uh, too much side to side stuff. And I'd like to not see him drop the ball as much as he's been dropping it. So Hopefully that's something that uh, moving forward, either there's somebody else or he just continue progresses and hopefully, uh, you know, it doesn't happen moving forward. But that was a big, big, you know, kind of wipe of the brow relief sigh when that's called a touchback, you know, in that point in the game, because that shifts everything, especially the way the game was going. But this is still I mean, you're, you could be bummed about this. I mean, we shut him out the last time we played him. I get it. But this is still a good win against a division opponent and you're stacking them up. I mean, we're moving to five and two. Miami's basically done for the season at one and seven. And especially when you would have anticipated New England was going to drop a game against the Chargers and they get that win. If we, if we would have taken this loss here, then we'd be sitting right there, you know, with New England. And that's not a position that we need to be in. Let's keep the game up on them, especially as uh, we're going to get them twice late in the season. So all in all, moving into this week, um, Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going to head down to the Florida area. Um, I feel like this is going to be a prime opportunity for this offense to kind of reset itself. Um, It feels like we've been a little lost kind of. Um, This should be an opponent that we can kind of confidently go in and get after and, you know, kind of hopefully dominate, um, especially if the defense shows up and plays like the way they are. Um, Leslie Frazier up against a rookie quarterback. I mean, a lot of signs point to this being a, a really good week for the Buffalo Bills. And in turn, a good week for the Bills Mafia. But that's going to go ahead and do it for the phase report this week. Um, I appreciate you guys showing up each and every week and listening to what I'm up to. Um, you know, wouldn't be doing the show if you guys weren't listening. I've um, been having a lot of great guests on lately, and uh, we're going to keep it rolling them again this week. Um, this week on Friday, make sure you guys are on the lookout for how Ryan Talibut's joining me. Um, we're going to be chatting a little, a little bit about the Miami game and kind of the team moving forward and kind of just um, moving into what we're going to expect against the Jaguars this week. And that'll be out on Friday. So make sure you guys are on the lookout for that and make sure you guys are heading over to um, www.buffalo.lowdown. That's Buffalo W down.com. Uh, check out what Brandon, Aaron, Steven, all the other guys are up to. They're writing good stuff over there, putting out good content. Even if you're looking for fantasy stuff about the team, you know, just a uh, general, the opponent, anything you guys are looking for, they're doing it over there. And of course, you know, make sure that you guys are uh, checking out everything I'm up to over at the Buffalo nerd.com. And of course, Bills.
You can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. We did it. We time-traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We gotta go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.